It's heard by Bill Murray in Space Jam and Zach Weiss before episode number 100 of Across the Cavs. Ladies and gentlemen, we made it. 100th episode. Shout out to everybody for the support, for being a part of the show, and for engaging with me as we've gone on this journey together. Let's go, Cavs. Number 100. Here's to the next 100. We got Tim Alcorn, radio voice of your Cleveland Cavaliers, joining the show today. So without further ado, let's go. Across the Cavs, number 100 is here. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Across the Cavs, episode number 100. We made it. From October 2019 to February 2022, we made it through a year and a quarter of no calves, made it through the ups, made it through the downs. Now we're seeing a team that is poised to make a serious run in the East, despite not having what we thought was their best player coming into the season. But it has been an absolute joy to follow the team this year as it has in past years. And here for episode number 100, who else? The radio voice, your Cleveland Cavaliers in his third season, Tim Alcorn. It is great to have you on for the first time this year and for you to be able to talk for a third time on Across the Caps. Zach, I appreciate you having me and to uh, have me as a guest on such a milestone show, number 100. First of all, congratulations to you. Thank you. Uh, That really is cool. That's a great milestone to achieve. And uh, I'm honored to be your guest, whether it was show 100 or whatever it may be. But uh, wow, that's really cool. Great for you. Congratulations. And I'm honored to be here. Appreciate that, Tim. And while we're recording here on Thursday, February 17th, it's a very exciting weekend in Cleveland. Finally got All-Star Weekend back. So what are the vibes in the city right now? It's, it's, it's incredible. Oh, it's amazing uh, to think about the fact that the Cavs hosted the 50th anniversary all-star game and all-star weekend 25 years ago and now to get it back for the 75th anniversary of the league uh, is just incredible and as you said there's an unbelievable amount of energy and enthusiasm and just a vibe in downtown Cleveland Uh, things are already being prepared for the weekend and certainly uh, an influx of guests and visitors and celebrities and you know NBA big wigs so a lot of fun and certainly uh, not just the game on Sunday, but certainly all the events and all the peripheral activities that surround the NBA All-Star Game. Uh, it really is cool and it's such an honor for Cleveland to have it on a yet another milestone <laughs> anniversary, the 75th anniversary of the NBA. It's going to be very, very special. And now, Tim, I, I don't know because I don't. this isn't as public, but will you have any role in the weekend? Will you be announcing any events? Will you be doing a little media? Is, is there anything wrong with you or with John or any of the uh, Cavs announcing personnel? I'll be down there for a couple of things, but uh, this is an NBA event. Uh, in essence, they come over or they come in and take over the arena. Uh, this is all handled through the NBA. So it's certainly more of a, of a national production than it is on the local level, but Uh, I'll be down there and I certainly will be taking in some of those events, but uh, just like the Indians, now the guardians had the major league baseball all-star game a couple of years ago, everything was done 
through MLB, the exact same circumstance here. Uh, this is an NBA production. In essence, we turn the arena over to them and say, uh, have at it for a week to 10 days. And that's exactly what they've done. But again, it's just a, a huge testament to the amount of work that Cleveland and the Cavaliers organization put in to landing the All-Star game for this year. Yeah, absolutely. And just to think, and obviously the Cavs, have, it's been a whirlwind last last 20 years. You had the season in 97, 98, where the team exceeded with four rookies that got to the playoffs. A couple of years, not as good. Then, they, then LeBron James comes in and they have these seven great years, the five trips to the playoffs. Then he goes to Miami, things plummet a little bit. But in that last year, getting right back up there, then he comes home, four straight finals, a title. And to see where they are again now, they're pretty much right on par with if you just look at this at, at some of their guys this is Darius Garland's third season it was in LeBron's third season when he made his first trip to the playoffs we're not drawing comparisons this is kind of just an arc but year three absolutely special for them but you know that that being said you know it's Darius's third season he's in the all-star game we got Jared Allen finally thankfully in the all-star game better late than never how cool is it now you you've seen Jarrett from his early days in Cleveland, you've seen Darius from his rookie days, probably when it was even more open, you could have even more communication from an announcer perspective, but how cool is it, you know, for you seeing these guys from when they first started in Cleveland, every single game up close and now they're all-stars, both of them together. Yeah, Zach, we'll start with Darius because as you said, uh, his first year was my first year. Uh, we're each in our third year now. And uh, of course, uh, there was a lot of pressure on Darius Garland, the number five pick in the draft overall, and had only played a handful, I think four or five games at Vanderbilt before he came to the Cavaliers. And so uh, he struggled in that rookie year. He had some ups and downs and uh, his growth has literally been exponential. I mean, to see what he did from year one to year two and now this year, where he truly is an elite NBA point guard. I mean, the numbers that he is putting up are just phenomenal. Now, some of that was forced upon him with the injury to Colin Sexton early in the year, but uh, Darius Garland is now playing at a level that not too many guards uh, achieve to uh, ascend to. He is just having an incredible season and the sky's the limit for him. And, for Jared Allen, it's been a lot of fun to watch his development as well, because, of course, uh, some will say he was underutilized in Brooklyn. And, of oh, course, yeah. Kobe Altman just really hit the jackpot when he immersed himself in that James Harden discussion. You know, people forget there were other teams involved with that. It wasn't just Brooklyn and, of course, Houston. It was uh, the Cavaliers and the Pacers uh, with Oladipo and so forth. And so when... Kobe got himself uh, involved in those conversations and was able to land Jared Allen. Uh, he became one of the centerpieces, pardon the pun, that the Cavaliers were going to build around. And uh, to see where he was last year, again, kind of that roller coaster, but man, the potential was there. And then you lock him up to that long-term deal over the summer. And I don't think it was necessarily that Jared felt as though he had to live up to that contract or there was pressure with that contract, but, I also think he wanted to show the Cavaliers that you made a wise investment here and he really worked hard during the off season. So to see where he is now as a double, double guy every night, uh, he's, he's a legitimate all-star. You said it perfectly better late than never. He should have been there earlier, but yes, uh, to see those two guys and from where they started, at least with the Cavaliers with Jared and now where they are, 
uh, it really has been fun to watch. And certainly uh, there's still a lot more room to grow and improve. Yeah, and it's been the little things with Jared Allen. Now it's overall, he's obviously averaging better numbers. He's been there on the boards. But there's three things that stand out to me. And I'll go back to the Raptors game very early in the season. It was the first game. And I'm sure you remember the Cavs ended up winning because of a, uh, they got to a couple of loose balls. But Jared Allen took an inbounds pass with one second on the shot clock. And he had banked in that crazy three. <laughs> and... By the way, it's still the only one he's hit all year. <laughs> he's got <laughs> one three ball this year. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, because I'm thinking back to last year when JaVale hit a couple, and I remember we wanted we beat the Pistons early in the season because of his three, which helped propel them, and then Allen hit it some from the corner. I mean, yeah, that shot was incredible. It's the little things. It's that. I see he's got enough confidence to sh- shoot these uh, mid-range shots around the foul line extended, and he knocked some of them down. I don't think we would have seen that last year. And he can get the ball. He's put on a little more muscle uh, uh, around the foul line. He can post someone up. He can get the hook shot. Sure, he's not going to make every shot. and He's still shooting 68%. And for a center that doesn't only do dunks and layups, that's an absolutely incredible number. And just to compare, we think about, uh, we look at Mitchell Robinson, probably over 70%. He's only dunks and layups. He doesn't really have a shot. So to see Allen in that same percentile while shooting mid-range shots, I think is incredible. So really, it's, it's a combination of all three of those things, you know, he has been a joy to watch. You know what else, Tim, is interesting. And it, it really depends on the team and the cap, but we look at what all of the next great centers are making in the league right now. And you look at Rudy Gobert, and we'll probably see this from Nikola Vucevic this summer, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic. Centers are making a lot. I think it's great that Jer- you can pay Jared Allen that much. And at the same time, you look at the center. I think that's a bargain. I think that that's an absolute steal for the Cavs. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Especially when he's playing at the level that he's playing uh, at his still very young age. Uh, He's only been in the league now. This is his fifth year. So this is a young guy that still has an unbelievable amount of room to grow and get that much better. And as you alluded to, really working on his game, he's become multifaceted. Uh, the, the thing that I love watching and calling uh, that hook shot that he's developed uh, and he goes either hand, he goes right hand or left hand. He's developed a, a beautiful drop step. So you can see where he's really worked on his footwork uh, during the off season. It's not just something where he plants himself down in that low block. And then, as you said, uh, gets a layup or a dunk. Uh, so the hook shot, the drop step, he's added quite a few aspects to his game and as you alluded to, some of those other centers, they are multidimensional. And so I think Jared looks at those guys and says, I've got to take my game. I've got to get my game to that level. And you're correct, Zach. Uh, they're going to be signing some huge contracts. And so for the Cavs to lock up Jared when they were able to back in the summer for the deal that he got, uh, so far, it's been worth every single penny. Oh, no doubt about that. And we'll see. This is for another day. And, you know, but I'm very excited to see how this summer lines up, what they choose to do with Colin. Hopefully, you know, he's obviously back. We'd love to see him. It's she on the note of Colin uh, before we go there, Tim. Obviously, it's really stinks that we can't watch him play right now. But I think it's really helped along with a bunch of other factors. Him being on the bench. I've seen him engage with Brandon Goodwin and Darius and Kevin Love and everyone during the game while he's not in. I think him just committing to being a great teammate and being healthy enough to travel with the team, I think his energy on the bench has been an absolute positive, and I think it's a great sign for when he does come back next season. Or maybe, who knows what happens this year, but probably next season, 
that he's going to gel like he was before the injury, like, like he never left. Well, Zach JB has talked about that. The fact that uh, the toughest part about an injury, especially when you're going through a rehabilitation process is the isolation where you feel suddenly you're just abandoned uh, from your teammates. You don't have any interaction with them. So to your point, to have him back on the road with the team and, and be a part of the club on the bench, that's a huge inspiration, both to his teammates, because they really like Colin. They enjoy being around him. He brings a lot of energy, but it's also a huge mental boost to Colin Sexton. Young Bull really needed a, a psychological boost because when you lose your season, uh, I mean, that's what those guys train for, work for, practice for, is to play NBA basketball at that level and to suddenly have it taken away from you, that's devastating. So not only for the team is it great to have Colin back, but uh, for him, it's also a huge mental boost to be around the guys and feel as though he's part of this team, even though I know he would love, we would all love to see him out there competing, but at least he feels as though he's a part of this club and can share in their success. Yeah, absolutely. I've loved seeing him on the bench. I do hopefully, you know, sooner than later for him. And hopefully we'll also see him and uh, the new guy, Mr. Laverta, we'll talk about in a second back next season. But, you know, all in all, we look at how the Cavs have done. It's been a great year. Uh, and one more thing here uh, for a Levert question and some all-star things. So this was a small thing. I posted this on Saturday and I was surprised at how much intrigue it drew. So after the Cavs come back against the Pacers, Kevin Love did his usual post-game Instagram. You know, it's been great to see that. He's been great all season. And there was a comment from a recently retired quarterback named Tom Brady that said, LFG, let's go. And apparently him commenting on the Instagram was something that Barstool Cleveland was interested in and a lot of Cavs fans interested in and people I've never spoken to were interested in. So that be, that, <laughs> what's your reaction to Tom Brady? I know they're, I think they're friends, but like, what do you think? Tom Brady might be watching you guys. <laughs> hey, he may be, you know, my, my mentor and my dear friend, Joe Tate said to me over and over again, Timothy, you never know who's listening or where they're listening or why they're listening, but don't ever forget somebody's listening. And you're right. When you're sitting there with a headset on or, or earbuds in as we have right now, who knows? I mean, now in today's world, you can track it a little bit better, but uh, for the most part, it's, it's nebulous. You don't know who's listening or who's watching. So yeah, maybe Tom Brady is this huge Cleveland Cavalier fan. And certainly uh, if that's the case, uh, <laughs> great <laughs> but yeah to get him to respond to something like that and listen Kevin Love uh number one uh is a future NBA Hall of Famer so yes sir absolutely he's going to go into the Hall of Fame and so there's that respect not only in the league but throughout the world of sports and then everything that he has done most recently for mental health awareness and and people who deal with that and his support of mental health awareness and, and combating that and working through that, uh, that has also not only done him well within the NBA, but throughout the sports world. So it doesn't surprise me that, uh, you know, Tom Brady picked up on something and commented <laughs> on it. And of course, when, when Brady comments on anything, uh, boy, you would think that God himself had spoken. So <laughs> I'm not surprised that it got that type of reaction either. 
<laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to him. Even being a Michigan guy, I guess he, he's okay with uh with the great OH. But anyway, you know, I had to get that in there. Uh, we'll talk All Star in a moment, Tim. <laughs> but uh, what's it been like uh, seeing Karis Levert? And has has it has Jared Allen and Karis? You think picked up where they left off in Brooklyn uh, at the start of last season? Well, first of all, they do have a great personal chemistry. Uh, you can see that just when they interact. Uh, they know each other very well. They were good buddies when they were both in Brooklyn. And that's one of the things about the NBA. Uh, there is so much movement amongst players that in the end, somehow or another, they all know one another. And it's a very tight fraternity, even though they compete and they go at it on the floor. Uh, for the most part, these guys all get along and and really know each other very well. And that's the case with Jared Allen and Karis LeVert. Uh, I think it was a tremendous pickup by Kobe Altman because really in the end, all you did was trade Ricky Rubio's contract. Uh, Ricky Rubio is not going to play for the Indiana Pacers and, and a couple of draft picks for a guy that is either now or is already in the prime of his career or will be entering the prime of his career. He can get you buckets uh, when you need a basket or two, uh, Karis LeVert is a guy you can put the ball in his hand and he cre can create a shot for himself. So, uh, yeah, I think I don't think he's 100% comfortable within the system yet. I don't think anybody would expect him to be. But with 24 more games to go, uh, I think Karis LeVert is going to be just a beautiful addition to what is already a, a outstanding basketball team. I think he's just really going to add a valuable piece to that puzzle. I'm very excited to see him continue to get more comfortable. And it's always great to see a guy originally from Ohio get to the Cavs like we had Larry Nance for several great years. And I'm sure Karras, like himself, acclimated with the great people of Ohio and local businesses, et cetera. By the time well, he's, he's an Ohio there. guy. So that, and that was part of the, the beauty of the deal. Uh, he went to high school down in the Columbus area, uh, went to a high school Pickerington uh, in Columbus. So he knows Ohio well. And so it, it's kind of a, a welcome back home for Karis LeVert. So I'm sure that made him feel much more comfortable that more comfortable. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry. No, about that. please. And I, I do hope that a picture services of him as a kid with the Cavs jersey on, like we got with Luke Cornett <laughs> in the LeBron jersey. That's, that's my favorite image. That was pretty cool. That really was pretty cool. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, uh, Karis Levert, I think, is a guy that's going to bring a lot of joy to you and to John, you and Jim Jones, John and AC and Brad, you know, and Serena. So I'm excited to see him continue to get acclimated. And so this brings us to the weekend. We got Friday, we got Saturday, we got Sunday. The celebrity game always has it as its thrills. We're going to skip over that. Just a quick question here on your thoughts, uh, Tim, on the new format of the Rising Stars game, which I believe features four seven-player teams. Isaac and Evan will be together. For this game, I believe with Team Barry, I think they're playing for Rick Barry. Uh, thoughts on the format, and do you think that this may re-energize the event? It seemed to have been lacking a little bit as uh, U.S. versus Team World kind of ran its course. Yeah, I, I think it will, Zach. I, I think one thing about Commissioner Silver, I'll give him credit. He's always willing to look at things or at least have the league, maybe not he personally, but uh, he, he certainly studies every aspect of it. And I think they're always willing to look at things and tweak things to generate more fan interest and generate uh, just more buzz. So, yeah, I, I kind of like this tournament feel with the four different teams. Uh, again, anytime you have something to play for, you know, whether it's a 
championship or whatever it may be called. Uh, I think that adds a little more zest to things. So, yeah, I kind of like it. And, uh, you know, we'll see what the fan reaction is and social media. I know that's something that the NBA is very locked in on uh, as far as just what's happening on social media, because they understand uh, that's the world right now is everything that goes on uh, and is, and is really focused on social media. So they'll look at that, see what the feedback is, see what the fan reaction is and, and go from there. But I think it freshens it up. I think it gives a new dimension to it. And so uh, I look forward to seeing how it actually all plays out this weekend. Absolutely. That's going to be a lot of fun. And this brings us to Saturday with another new style with the skills challenge. I'm still a little confused by it. I think there's timed rounds. I don't know, but as am I, yeah, (laughs) I I guess we're going to have to see it. Yes. (laughs) But here's what I really like though. And it's an interesting concept. I really like that Giannis gets to have his, both of his brothers with him because we've seen him. We're going to see him at every all-star weekend until he retires. There's no question. And I guarantee I can't, I have no merit for this guarantee, but I would think he becomes a dunk contest judge whenever he does retire. He's some of the things he's done, you know, if he were to do the contest, he would dominate. He could literally jump from one end of the court to the other and somehow (laughs) dunk it. He'll put MJ and Vince Carter to absolute shame, but Giannis is going to be playing with the Nasus and as other third brother, Alex, who I believe is in the G league this year. We're going to have our guys, Jarrett, Darius and Evan Mobley. Then you have a rookie team of Scotty Barnes, Cade, and Josh Giddy. Every team has their intriguing things. Uh, not Sante Kumpo. I've never seen him take an NBA jump shot. He's going to have to make some of those uh, for the for the Cavs. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got two bigs on the Cavs, whereas the rookie team features a guy in Scotty Barnes is still learning how to shoot. You have Cade Cunningham, who's been very hit or miss, and you have a guy with three straight triple doubles, very impressive, Josh Giddy. You know, you got the international flair, you got Cleveland, you got uh, three Greek freaks and one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> are you excited for the skills challenge? Are you more confused? And do you think that Jared Allen having only made one three might doom team Cavs? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that was a bank three. So uh, I don't know if it dooms uh, team Cavs, but you're right. It, it, we'll, we'll have to see how this plays out and how each guy gets to and gets to compete at the at the respective skills and so forth. So, yeah, you know, I want to follow up on something you mentioned earlier on one of the teams, uh, Giddy from Oklahoma City. Yep. Uh, he's the rookie I, I mentioned when we did the Oklahoma City game. Uh, he's hiding in plain sight because this kid is putting up numbers. Uh, And again, being with OKC and they're struggling, not a lot of ESPN and TNT and all that, but he has the potential to be a real special player. Uh, It's going to be fun to see what he can do. And really, I'm sure it's going to be fun for him to show the country what he can do because he really hasn't been getting a lot of pub uh, outside of that NBA bubble per se, as, as far as the real hardcore fans are concerned. So I think when the when the average fan kind of sees who's this kid from OKC named Giddy, they're they're going to be very pleasantly surprised. He has the potential to be an outstanding player for a long time to come. And I do hope that the Australian Cavs fans have been taking notes. We've been blessed. You no, know, it's unfortunate he was hurt very quickly, but we've had Andrew Bogut, had Dang Adele, Delhi, Thon Maker. We've had so many other 
uh, Australian players over the years. So I really hope that the Australian side uh, of Cavs Nation is taking note. I've loved it. I've really enjoyed watching him play. I think that his shot is really getting there now. I think he he had a rebound assist double-double somewhere, so we'd have even another triple-double, but he's been a joy. And I think OKC is two good front court players away from being a lock to make the playoffs because you have Lou Dort, who's been, I don't know how, he's ever right. since ever since game seven of the bubble, he's not missed a three. You have Shea Gilgis when he's on the court, I think he's very much all-star caliber. If he had played more games, I think he, and if they had a few more wins, I think he could have gotten the last spot in the West. They're just so much fun to watch. Uh, that Thunder team, they have Trey Mann. You know, it's been cool to see Ken Rich Williams have a little revival after he kind of fell off in New Orleans. You know, that's a team that I think Darius Baisley, who's still very young, you know, we'll see. You know, it, it's cool because <clears throat> similar to the Cavs with a, a younger coach and J.B. Bickerstaff, he's helped him get here. I think Mark Dagenal, who I think is only at 36, uh, he's going to, yeah, he'll take them uh, to some very good things. But, okay, so two more events to talk about, then we'll wrap up. It's unfortunate. Uh, with the three-point contest, looking doing a little write-up today uh, for the game. I'm very surprised by two of the eight nominees. I think it's great to see Van Vliet, who's made 200 threes. Van Vliet and Patty Mills are over 200 makes this year, which is absolutely crazy. I had no idea it was that high. Yeah, you know, you got Desmond Bain. I've been a big Luke Kennard guy. I'm happy he's getting minutes this year. Uh, Trey Young, cool. Zach Levine, I believe, will still participate. If he doesn't, he'll probably just take someone else. Because I know he's been hurt, but right. two names two names that surprised me that I would have liked to see Kevin Love in over Tim. Uh, TJ McCollum, he's been good. Happy his lungs are okay. He's playing at an all-star level again. He'll get his nod eventually. I think next year maybe for the all-star game. And Cats only made 110 threes, barely over two per game. Now, the Cavs already have Coro, Garland, Allen, and Mobley in events. However, uh, Tim, do you think it's fair to say that maybe we should have seen Kevin Love over Cat, given the, the higher volume of shots, the consistency of makes, and the games he's won for them just with his threes? Yeah, Kevin's just below 130. Uh, I think he's like 127 maybe on the year. I don't have that right in front of me, but I know it's, it's a hair below 130. And considering the fact that he only plays about 20 to 25 minutes per game, depending upon the matchup, uh, he certainly would be a worthy candidate. Um, was he approached that? I don't know, but uh, he would certainly be as far as uh, percentage wise and, and how well he has shocked them. Uh, he should be in the conversation. I will say that there's no doubt about it. I know he will be and should be in the conversation for six man of the year. That's down the road, but yep. uh, what a special job. What a remarkable job he has done coming off that Cavalier bench. But yeah, I see your point in regards to the three-point shooting contest. I, I, I wouldn't have an argument with that. Yep. Yeah. Our only issue with six man of the year is that the Hornets don't start Kelly Oubre and the Heat don't start uh, good old little Tyler Hero. But Tim, if, if we could do per 36 on these guys, it would be Kevin Love's award in a flash. His odds would be Absolutely. so much higher. I wish. Right. But that's the beauty of the role that Kevin Love is playing because uh, when JB and Kobe sat down with him before the year and said, listen, we're not going to ask you to play starter minutes. We're not going to ask you to play 30 plus minutes a night and really beat your body up and then have to have rest nights and all that. All we want is 20 to 25 minutes a night and be the best Kevin Love you can be. Go out and just play all out during those stretches 
And we think that'll make for a better Kevin Love. And to his credit, Zach, he bought into it. I mean, he has really approached this role with, with relish and he's reinvigorated by it. So to your point, if you were to extend those minutes uh, or take those numbers and extend the minutes out, uh, they would be higher. Now, the flip side of that coin is, would they be the same or higher in those minutes? Because now you're getting more wear and tear and yeah. that type of thing. But I'll tell you what, uh, to me, the Kevin Love story so far, and there have been some great stories with this team, a lot of different storylines, but that's the story of the season because that's providing real veteran leadership by example, his play off the bench, and he has just been remarkable in that role. Yeah, I, he has been an absolute pleasure, you know, to watch go out and shine. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it looks, you know, come the end of the season, but he's got Tom Brady watching. <laughs> he has been you really just, like that Tom Brady angle, don't you? I really do. I didn't expect it. Like <laughs> as soon as he retired, I'm like, okay, how how does this do we still talk about him? What happens? But I, I just I was scrolling. Tom Brady's and, never going away. No, it's like it's, Michael Jordan. He's not yeah. going away. He may have retired. He's not going away. Happy 59th to MJ today, <laughs> celebrating another one. Can't yes. believe he's almost he's pushing 60, which is crazy. And I still think he could beat half his players one on one, but unreal you that's may not have a point yeah that's not that's not that's more on him than it is on the guys that uh, on the team that he owns but nonetheless you know it's going to be it's going to be great to see big shout out to kevin love and shout out to the Cavs, who the bench unit they thought they got at the 17 18 trade deadline is exactly the bench unit they have right now so unbelievable to watch they're set at backup point guard with rajon rondo is kind of playing that george hill role essentially, you know, they have everything that, that they could possibly need, you know, from that perspective, from a scoring perspective in Levert, you got your stretch bigs. Now you brought in a guy like Larry Nance. Now, you know, you have a guy like Kevin Love playing that similar role. It's been a blast. And so fast forward to the final event, Tim, unfortunately we don't get to see the Cavs again until next Thursday. We have another week, but we will see Jarrett. We will see Darius on Sunday and just to confirm is Jarrett playing for team LeBron with Darius or are they on yes yes okay so that that being said you know they're going to be playing together you got King James you got all three legendary Clevelanders sharing a court how excited are you and is there any chance I mean you never know with these things but is there any chance that you think Darius or Jarrett could uh steal that all-star MVP kind of like Kyrie did in his first all-star game uh, I won't go that far because I, I don't think they're the same type player, uh, that Kyrie and the guys yeah. who normally get the, uh, the NBA MVP are that being said, I cannot wait. I can't imagine the reaction from the Cleveland fans. If Jared along with Darius are on the floor at the same time, and we get one of their patented lobs, uh, that place will absolutely shake to its foundation. And, two guys that are really deserving of this. And so I'm so happy for them. Uh, They're great young guys. Uh, They're high character guys, as well as being fantastic basketball players. So I'm so happy for them and for the fans of Cleveland and for the Cavalier organization, for those two to be on this team. And I will say this, I'll predict a team LeBron win. Okay. I'm I'm down (laughs) with that. I'm absolutely <laughs> down with that. Shout out number 10, number six, and number 31. Well, all the obviously he's with LA now, but Bron Bron still got that Cleveland. I'll be playing for the Cavs. I know it'll be great for the hometown fans that show up to see them all together. And, you know, 
never know what the future holds. We're not speculating. I don't want to speculate. I'm not going to ask you to speculate, but it is very interesting. It's in Cleveland. The timing it is, it always comes in the years of four. LeBron's last two free agent decisions. I, I'm, not, I'm not predicting. I'm not asking. I'm just, I'm just laying it out. It's, I don't even want to predict it. I, I'm enjoying this year, and I do hope that this year can be kept as a kind of new era year. But four years in Miami, then he came back. Four years in Cleveland, then he went to L.A. This is year four in L.A. Bronny's not ready for the NBA, so we don't know what's going to happen. Anthony Davis just got hurt last night. We're going to see. We're going to see. Again, I don't speculate. I don't. I'm not, I'm not looking at all this angle and the what and the ifs. It's going to be a great summer. I think the Cavs are going to spend to keep their hometown talent. I think they know exactly what to do. And now, all that being said, no response. Don't even want one. I'm just saying it. Here's my last question, unrelated to uh, Lowry. You're Markin. a wise man not to speculate, <laughs> Zach. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we should see this man back on Thursday, the second Finnish NBA player, the first in Tana Madala. Shout out to 2K for that fact. Uh, Lowry Markkinen played for him, and then he joined him as the other Finnish NBA player. Should be back for the first game next week. So how great will it be to have him back? And do you think that we can make an accurate judgment of the Cavs' rotation and how they'll look in the first game that we see Lowry, or will it take a couple? Uh, boy, that's a good question. That's a better one for JB than it is for me. I think we <laughs> will see Lowry. Uh, back on Thursday, uh, he was working out and doing some some light work during practices and shoot arounds and even before games uh, prior to the All Star break. And the Cavs have one of the longest All Star breaks of any of the NBA teams. There were teams that played Wednesday night, and there are teams that are getting back into action next Wednesday night. And for the Cavs, they go from Tuesday all the way to Thursday, so that's going to give Lowry an additional nine days. So I would absolutely think. Uh, again, I, I'm not the team spokesman or the, yeah. nor the medical personnel, but I would think uh, he'll be ready to go up in Detroit when we get back on the floor. And so uh, I know JB loves that big front line with Alan Mobley and marketing. And then you bring Love and Jetty off the bench uh, in that front court. So uh, we'll see if that remains the case uh, when Lowry is, is healthy. But Boy, I'll tell you what, now you add him to the mix. And he was really shooting well before he suffered that high ankle sprain. So uh, I don't know if he'll have that form, you know, right out of the shoot when he does come back. But that's what Lowry Markkinen has been known for throughout his NBA career. So uh, if he can get back to knocking down that three ball like he was before the injury, boy, the Cavs can become a lethal basketball team. Oh, absolutely. And here's my final note for today's episode. I look at you look at the Golden State Warriors and some of the guys that have taken DNPCDs this year. And I think Damian Lee was talking about it. Maybe Juan Toscano, Otto Porter have talked about it. They're not going to play every single game. All three of those guys are good enough to be top eight guys on contending teams. They take DNPCDs. I don't even know if Andre Iguodala is going to be in the rotation come playoff time. And he came back to a team he was a star. With that being said, you look at the Cavs right now, and we're seeing DNPs from a guy like Brandon Goodwin just because of Darius and Rondo. We're seeing Amar Stevens DNPs despite some incredible performances. We look at what Dean Wade's done as a starter, but there just weren't minutes before. I will say this, the Cavs can go, Tim, top to bottom in the rotation, an entire 1-13 to 13 who's active every night with any team in the league as far as depth. And I think that, above all else, has been, A, the best part of the season, and B, what I think could be a saving grace if guys start to get tired or things happen come playoff time. 
Yeah, that's a great point, Zach. Uh, boy, I hate to use cliches. I really do, especially as a broadcaster. But that, you know, next man up mentality. And the Cavaliers have had that. And that's a real testament to JB. I mean, those guys are ready. And as you said, uh, they may not play every night. But when their number is called, they go out there and perform. Uh, Dean Wade, uh, the term you like to use, uh, DNPCD, he had a few of those. And then all of a sudden, he's starting because of injuries. Uh, Dean Wade steps in and does a very respectable job. Same with Lamar Stevens, uh, that real physical presence out on the floor. So this Cavalier team is deep. Now, normally come playoff time, coaches will shorten that bench up a little bit because there's always a day or two in between games. So you can afford to play guys a few more minutes per game. That being said, I think JB realizes that he has the luxury of a deep bench. And so with marketing coming back, uh, the addition of Karis Levert, uh, I, I love the pickup of Rajon Rondo. The guy's won a world title. He's an elite defender. He can distribute the basketball. Uh, love and Osmond, we already alluded to. Stevens, if you need some physicality. So this is a team that they can go deep. And that will certainly be beneficial come postseason. And in this stretch run of the final 24 games, because those are games where the games aren't spread out a lot. <laughs> they yeah. are really, I mean, it's pedal to the metal from here to the end. Yeah, it's going to be pedal to the metal. And we're going to get a lot more Walt Frazier type words from Tim Alcorn over the course of the Cavs season. There's no question about that. <laughs> Not the wardrobe, though. No, no. Hey, yeah, you, you got your style. He's got his, but he doesn't have the pregame post, uh, the, the Joe Tate perch post for every game. Now, that's yours. That's yours. Walt does not have that. Well, so, you know, you, in social media, you got to keep the folks informed, Zach, yeah. and you do a great job of doing that. Appreciate that. <laughs> All right. So, before we wrap up, just want to give a quick shout out. We've had, through the first 100 episodes, seven different former Cavs on the show. It started with Mark Price. Big shout out to him. Very special interview back early on. Hadn't actually known Mark. Just we talked on Twitter a little bit, sent a couple of messages. We DM'd, got him on. Big shout out to him. We've had Jerome Blossom game, Jeff McGinnis, J.R. Bremer, Cedric Henderson, Kevin Jones, and Brevin Knight. Shout out to all of you guys. It's been an absolute joy talking about your time in Cleveland. And in the NBA, you know, big shout out Sean Pebbles twice, John Michael thrice, and of course, our good friend Tim Alcorn tied now with John Michael. We'll see who gets number four. It's going to be a battle to the end. But Tim, it, it's been a pleasure, and I really appreciate you uh, being able to have you on for number 100 because I, I think about everything that across the Cavs has encapsulated since I first started probably had five listeners on the first episode just thinking back to the very beginning and it was taking things going on with Cleveland or the NBA and kind of tying it all with one another and just informing folks and whatnot and I couldn't think of a better way than getting the radio voice yourself of a team we all love and hold dear to share some thoughts and bring some excellent pipes to the episode so I really appreciate it oh I appreciate it very much and uh we'll do this a fourth time before the playoffs begin how's that zach when we know that first round matchup uh you and i will do it again and i'll break that tie with john michael how's all that? right i'm telling <laughs> i'm telling john he's got to wait till next season done sorry Jim. i didn't sorry. say that i just said we'll break the tie before <laughs> the playoff <laughs> that's fair but tim it, it's been a pleasure and uh look forward to number four with you 
All right. Sounds great. Thanks, Zach. Thanks for having me on and uh, go Cavs. Go Cavs. So folks, that's it. 100 in the books. Here's to the next 100. This is Across the Cavs. He's Tim Alcorn. I'm Zach Weiss. Check it out on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, and any other site I may not have mentioned where you get your podcast. So until next time, this has been the latest edition of Across the Cavs on the Hoops Podcast Network.